0: An orphan. Now you call me a citizen of heaven Where well, I was brought- Good morning. morning. Isn't it fun to look back over the last year and look at what the Lord has done? Yeah, so we are pausing our study in the book of Mark this week because today marks a very special day in the life of this church. It's our one-year anniversary in this building. And so I just want to say, look what the Lord has done. Look what he has done. Look around at all the people that are here and the lives that have been impacted through what's been going on here. So praise the Lord. We give him all the glory for what he has done and what he continues to do in and through this church family. And while we celebrate the milestone of this first year in this building together, this church actually has its roots beginning in June of last year. So 16 months ago is when we got started. And for those of you that have been with us since that very beginning, you remember that we were gathering every week at my wife and I's house around a campfire. Wasn't that awesome? (laughs) Seeing these pictures bring back some amazing memories, right? It was on June 26th of last year that we met for the very first time. And many of us came out of a very challenging time from our previous church experience. And it's right here that I want all of us to pause for just a moment. Not to reflect on the hurt or the frustration from that previous experience, to reflect on what happened as a result of that challenging experience, right? Right? You look around, and you look at your brothers and sisters on your right and left. That's what happened. God brought a church family together. He birthed that out of that. So I want you to turn with me to your, in your Bibles to Daniel chapter 6. If you don't have a Bible, we've got them here on the bookshelf. You're welcome to borrow. You can follow along on the screen. You can follow along on your mobile device. But I want to encourage you to follow along. Daniel chapter 6. Most of you know the story of Daniel and him surviving the lion's den. Who's familiar with that story? Yeah, most of you. But what I want you to really see today is what happened in Daniel's life just before the lion's den experience. Daniel had proven himself more than capable than any other administrator or high officer in the kingdom. And as a result of this, the king planned to promote Daniel to the highest position possible in his kingdom just below himself. Now, the other administrators and high officers in the land, when they heard about Daniel's promotion, man, they didn't like that at all. They were really upset about that. And so they immediately set out to try to find out, how can we take Daniel down? They looked for any fault that would lead to his downfall, but they couldn't find anything. And so they determined that the only way for them to succeed in this plot, to take Daniel down, is to find something about Daniel's religion to exploit. And so they convinced the king to sign a law that no one could pray to anyone except the king himself. Imagine that, signing a law that you could only pray to the king. I find it interesting that the king would sign such a law. It says a lot about his pride, doesn't it? Yeah. And should anyone break this law, what would happen? They'd be thrown, to the lion's thrown into the lion's den, exactly. So let's per- pick up in Daniel chapter 6, verse 10. Because what I want you to see is how did Daniel respond once he knew about this law because it's his response that I want us all to see today. Daniel chapter 6 beginning in verse 10. But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and he knelt down as usual in his upstairs room. With its windows open toward Jerusalem, he prayed three times a day just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God man this is amazing right here this is absolutely awesome Daniel did not cower in fear to this new law he did not freak out about it he didn't worry himself to death about it either and he didn't even try to hide what he had always done he left his windows open so that everyone could see exactly what he was doing and he went directly to his father in heaven and he prayed three times a day just like he had always done because that was the kind of trust relationship that he had with his God. And you see, those of us who were faced with a very difficult and painful situation from our previous church experience, we simply did what we had always done. We continued to worship the Lord, and we continued to fellowship and pray together, thanking God all along the way. We did what we had always done. We met together. We trusted together. We worshiped together, we prayed together, and we gave thanks together. Now, who knew that God would birth this church family from around a campfire? Who knew? I can tell you this, my wife and I had no idea. In fact, I said on multiple occasions that I would never, ever take on the role of pastoring another church unless God gave me a burning bush. I said that. Some of you know it because I told you that. And I remember my wife one time leaning over to me as it was all these people were gathered around the campfire and said, you seen your burning bush yet? (laughs) That's how God rules. And God has blessed us every step of the way, all of us, every step of the way. I could stand up here and name blessing after blessing of what God has done and how he has provided over and over again this building is just one of the many blessings it is an absolute miracle I mean I can remember as winter was approaching and we were beginning to outgrow our home I was trying I was thinking to myself what are we going to do and God provided this building I cannot even begin to tell you how many no's that we received from all the properties that we looked at we looked at man, we looked at all kinds of properties. We looked at commercial properties, residential properties for rent, for sale. Man, where's where's Megan at? Megan, where are you at? There you are. Could you stand up for just a minute? Megan is our real estate agent. I'm just saying. So, I want to thank you, given, for the amazing <laughs> clap. <laughs> That's my son right here. In case you didn't know who the person is, wham, wham, that's him. So I want to I wanna say a special thank you to you, Megan, for all your grace, for all your patience throughout that process. Man, just you working overtime, taking us here, taking us there, looking up properties, I mean, it was, it was amazing. And We got close a few times on a couple of them. We really did. One of them we even signed a lease agreement on, and thanks to a dispensary, they kind of swooped in at the last minute with a nice little bonus paid to the landlord that took care of that but that wasn't god's will this is where he wanted us right here in this building so i also want to say thank you megan for challenging my wife and i right to come look at this building because both of us were like no way there's no way we're going to look at that because it's a diamond in the rough and in many respects it's still a little in the rough but it's okay (laughs) it's still a diamond and praise the lord for it this is god's church and it's him we serve Now, it was on that very first night together on June 26th of last year that I reminded us all that the church is not a physical building. It is a spiritual body. This building is not the church. We are his church. This happens to be where we meet, but we are his church. And we are, listen to me, we are one body, regardless of where we choose to worship. Amen? Amen. It is just team Jesus. That's all it is. It is not about aligning ourselves with each other or aligning ourselves around a human leader. It is all about aligning ourselves with Jesus. Amen? Amen. So he is who we rally around. He is who we follow. Now, since that day, we have encouraged each other that no matter what the circumstances are, We will remain in Jesus by keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus. Why is that? Because remnant believers always remain. They always remain. Remnant believers persevere no matter what's going on in their circumstances. They keep their eyes firmly fixed on Jesus no matter what. What would he do? What would he say? And then we follow him. It's as simple as that. And we have been following him as a church family ever since. I look back at what our first message was, what we did in this building. I was like, what was the first message? I had to go back and look at that. Mark Saylor's, where are you at? So Mark, you'll be pleased to know that our first message that was spoken in this building was the hope of glory. (laughs) (laughs) It was the hope of glory. I love saying that. I even still love saying that because jesus in us is the hope of glory it was on that day september 25th 2022 just one year ago when i said god did not just provide this building or this body so that we could just sit back coast our way to heaven in our own little country club no we need to be laser focused on our purpose which is to make disciples we need to be disciples of jesus who make disciples for jesus That's why this church exists. We can never, ever lose that focus right there. We want to see many people come to know the saving power of Jesus in their lives. And once they are saved, to mature and grow and become fully devoted, faithful followers of Jesus. Listen, there is nothing more fulfilling than serving others in meeting that purpose right there. To be a disciple of Jesus who makes disciples for Jesus. Now, I am so incredibly thankful for what God has done and what he's continuing to do in and through this church. And so I want to say a special thank you to every single one of you. I want to thank all of you because without you, we wouldn't be here, right? I want to thank you for your love, for your support, and for all your prayers. All of you are family. And we love each of you very, very much. So thank you. Now, I'm going to do a very hard pivot. Okay? I want want you to turn to Philippians chapter 3. And I want to begin to share where I believe the Lord is leading us next. Philippians chapter 3. The apostle Paul, in this chapter, he lays out what his goal in life is. And that goal is to know Jesus. Jesus. Not just know about him, right? We can accumulate all kinds of facts about Jesus. But Paul is talking about, I want to know him, meaning I want to have an intimate, personal relationship with him. In fact, in verse 8, he says, Everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. In other words, any past achievements, any past successes, or things that we've accumulated in our lives, mean nothing compared to knowing jesus this was paul's goal to know jesus to be like jesus and to fulfill his calling to do everything jesus would have him to do this should be our goal in life as well there is nothing more important than knowing jesus now one of my anchor anchor passages my one of my life verses is proverbs chapter three verses five through six And this comes from the Christian Standard Bible Translation. Here it is. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not rely on your own understanding. In all your ways, know him, and he will make your paths straight. You see, that is the goal that Paul had in his life. That's the goal you and I need to have. Right there. Now, with that background, let's look at what Paul says in verses 13 and 14 in this same chapter. Here's what he says. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. Now, the it he's talking about is that goal of knowing Christ. Why does he say he's never achieved it? What do you think that is? Amen. You continue to learn. You know, knowing Jesus is like a bottomless well of knowledge and wisdom and joy and peace. We will never, ever get to all the way to the bottom of that, this side of heaven. We can spend our whole lives finding out knowing who Jesus is. It's not till we see him in heaven with our resurrected bodies that we're truly going to know him, all of him, right? When we're actually like him. You guys excited about that? I am. I cannot wait for that day. Amen. So Paul says, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. I focus on this one thing right here. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead i press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which god through christ jesus is calling us you see he looks forward he looks forward it's one thing to look back and to celebrate what the lord has done but to look back and dwell on our past dwell on our past failures our past hurts our past trials or whatever's in our past is not deserving of our focus Our enemy wants us focused on our past so that we are distracted from our future. But we can't let that happen, which is why we must look forward and stay focused on what Jesus has for us. What's his calling in our lives? Now, it's one thing to consider what knowing Jesus means to you personally. It's one thing. But I can tell you this God never intended for that to happen in isolation. He designed his church to be in community, to be in relationship with one another. It is in our DNA. He has hardwired us for relationships. So we need each other. In fact, Paul teaches about this in Romans chapter 12. He uses the human body to illustrate the point that the members of God's church are all part of the same body and they each have a function in it. Now, if you think about this for a minute, we've all got hands and our hands have a specific function, right? We can say hi to people. We can pick things up. We can brush our teeth. We can type on the keyboard. All those things are what our hands do. You contrast that with your feet. Your feet get you from point A to B, right? They have a completely different function than what your hands do. If I were to cut off my hand or cut off my foot and throw it over there, would it be of any use to anyone? No. Why? Because it's not connected to the body. They can't function without being connected to the body. And you see, it's the same for you and I in the body of Christ. We all have a function in the body of Christ to perform. And if we're not connected to the body, we can't perform that function. And guess what? A hand can't perform the function of a foot, and a foot can't perform the function of a hand. So if you're not connected to the body, and you're not using the gift that God has given you, guess what? It's not going to get fulfilled because I can't do it. This gentleman right here can't do it, right? Because we're all wired a unique way. That's how God put us in the church. Listen. You are in the church for a purpose. You are in the church for a purpose. He did not call you to do nothing. He called you to do something. If you have received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then God has given you at least one spiritual gift to serve him and his church for his glory. Now today we celebrate what the Lord has done. And while we've made tremendous strides together as a church, It's time that we really come together as a family and we rally around, where is the Lord leading us next? So you might be thinking, well, where where is he leading? I believe he's leading us to get ready. That's been our focus for a while now, get ready. And get ready for what? He is coming again. He is coming again. I know they've been saying that for years, but he is going to come. The question is, will you be ready? Ready? will you be ready now we need to be about his business making room for as many people as possible to come to know him we need to be ready for what he's going to do in and through this church we must be ready now we've spent considerable effort in building this church from building renovations to ministries to programs to procedures to studies to discipleship We have been in building mode for a year now. And there is so much work yet to do. But as we move forward into this next chapter, we are asking all of you to be in deep prayer about where and how God would use you specifically in this next chapter. Because the truth is, we need your help. We need your help. I'm asking you to prayerfully consider where would God have you to serve in this church? To continue to grow this church will take all of you to step up and use your gifts for his glory. Now, it's not up to us to grow this church in terms of the number of people, right? That is the Holy Spirit's job. No man can come unto the Father except the Holy Spirit who draws him. That is not you and I. It's the Holy Spirit. That does not absolve us from being out there in the public, sharing the love of Jesus and inviting people to come to church. But we don't put handcuffs on them and drag them through that front door. It is the Holy Spirit who draws them, right? So we should never measure the success of a church based on its numbers. When I talk about growing this church, I'm talking about maturing in your faith. I'm talking about discipleship. I'm talking about real life change. I would rather have a church of 50 people who are fully devoted, faithful followers, who are sold out for the Lord, who fear the Lord, who are out there sharing who Jesus is. I'd rather have 50 people like that than 5,000 people sitting in chairs. Amen. Amen. <laughs> okay. I could keep going on that. My goodness. Our responsibility in the success of this church is simply to be faithful. That is our responsibility. Be faithful to use what God has given us for his glory, being good stewards, right? The word says, he who is faithful with little will be faithful with much. We cannot expect to go from here over to here unless we're faithful here first, right? We got to be faithful to what what he's given us first. And God designed his church to be an active church in which everyone in his family is contributing by using their gifts for his glory. Now, I want you to imagine with me for just a minute, just imagine with me what this church could look like if all of us were serving in some capacity or another. Think about that for a minute. Where we are, we're all sharing the load and the responsibilities together. I can remember years ago when i was serving in my last church i come walking in one day there was no one in there the the uh preschool was in there they were in there but no one was on the church side it was empty and i noticed that the sanctuary light was on and i walked into the sanctuary and i was like there was one person in there and i walked over to him as gentleman, and i said hey uh, you know what are you doing he looked up at me and he just smiled he said well i'm stuffing the backs of these chairs okay why are you doing that he's like well that's my ministry this is how i serve here i just come in i stuff the envelopes i make sure there's envelopes in the chairs i make sure there's connect cards here i make sure there's pens here i knew there was a need and i'm just here to serve and meet the need you know what was awesome about that he saw the need and he met the need he did not walk down the hallway doo do, do, do. i'm here and i'm here to stuff the chairs he didn't do any of that he just quietly came in to serve no one had to see him. He didn't have to get accolades for it. God knows what he's doing. It's funny because I contrast that to the first church I pastored, and I had some people that were, would come up to me and be like, hey, pastor, did you know I just made coffee? I just cleaned the bathrooms. I just swept the floor. I'm like, well, thank you very much. Praise the Lord. God knows what you're doing, and it's him we're serving anyway, you know? Now, I have included in the bulletin uh, several needs of this church. There's an insert in the bulletin that you can take out. And um, those first, the first piece of this is key positions in the church. So I want you to look at that. Some of you may be able to fulfill that need of serving in one of these capacities, in these key positions, and maybe not. And it's okay if you're not. We would just ask that you please pray that God would fill them in his time with the right person, okay? And if you keep going in here, there is all these teams that we have listed, front and back of potential teams of where you could serve. Now, these are not an exhaustive list. There could be other ministry areas that I've not covered on here. There may be something that God's going to birth in you, some ministry that he may birth in you that you're going to lead. It's not represented here, and that is okay. All right, We want to go wherever the Holy Spirit is leading, but I want to encourage you to prayerfully consider what's listed here and where you might be able to contribute, where you might be able to help. That's what that's there for, so please... Take a look at that. Please study it and then ask the Lord, where can I serve? Listen, the church needs you. This church needs you. Listen, we are never more like Jesus than when we serve like Jesus. Now, how did Jesus serve? He served willingly. He served humbly and he served sacrificially. If there was a need, he was moved with compassion to meet that need. It was never in a spirit of, I have to do this. It was always in a spirit of, I want to do this. Why? So he could glorify his Father in heaven. You see, he served willingly. He also served humbly. He was the Son of God. He didn't go around saying, look what I'm doing. Look at me. He didn't need the attention. And also, no task for him was ever beneath him, was it? No task was ever beneath him. In fact... He washed the dirty, stinky, nasty feet of every one of his disciples with his own clothes. And he did that because the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, right? And give his life as a ransom for many. He served humbly. He also served sacrificially. His body was broken for us, and he poured out his life for all of us. His service, ultimately, it cost him his life. You see, he served sacrificially can you serve willingly humbly and sacrificially because we are never more like Jesus than when we serve like Jesus now please don't listen to the lies of the enemy who want you to either not be part of God's church or to simply sit in your seat being a consumer instead of a contributor remnant believers are contributors way more than they are consumers Remnant believers are disciples of Jesus who make disciples for Jesus. That is our purpose. So I'm asking you, how will you join us in this effort? Please ask the Lord, where would he have you to serve? I've heard all the typical statistics about what happens in a church that only a small percentage of those people actually serve to carry the load. I don't care about any of that. I don't care about statistics. You know why? Because God did not design his church that way. God did not design it that way. He designed it not to function like that. Now, please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I am not minimizing those of you who are serving. I see many of you who are serving in this church in some capacity or another, and it is awesome. It is beautiful, and I want to say thank you for all that you're doing. But we need all of you. We need all of you to help carry this load together because this is how God designed his church where everyone has an active role to play. Everyone. This church needs you. I need you. We need you. And there is so much kingdom work to be done. And nothing can be more important than investing ourselves in the discipleship of others. I think that's the key to our service that we must always remember. That is the big picture right there. Now, it can be easy to think that some seemingly insignificant task is not contributing to the kingdom, but nothing can be further from the truth. Everything done here is contributing to the larger purpose of discipling others, no matter how insignificant it may seem. So let me share with you a quick story to illustrate my point. You may remember that we recently introduced to you the term bricklayers. Who remembers that? Okay, only as some of you remember. <laughs> That's all right, we're going to go over it now. It was a term mentioned during our prayer and communion service just a few weeks ago. So today, this story that I'm going to share will hopefully put all of, this, all of this into perspective so that we can see the significance. Now, this story has been around for years, so there's many different versions of it. So it's not the story itself that deserves our focus. It is the principles that come out of the story that truly matter. So there was a great fire in London in the year 1666. I am not a fan of that year. (laughs) 1666, no thank you, no thank you. So that fire destroyed many churches in the London area. And Christopher Wren was the architect who had the challenge of rebuilding the St. Paul's Cathedral. And one morning, he walked by three bricklayers who were working on this rebuilding effort of the cathedral. And he asked each of these three different bricklayers the very same question. Here's what he asked. What are you doing? And the first man replied, I'm a bricklayer, and I am working hard laying bricks to feed my family. The second man replied, I am a builder, and I'm building a wall. The third man, who was the most productive of all three of them, replied, I am a cathedral builder, and I am building a great cathedral to the Almighty. So we have three different bricklayers here, working on the same project, doing the exact same job, but each of them have a very different perspective. Now, is it wrong to want to provide for our families? No, of course not. Is it wrong to use our skills to complete projects that we're equipped to do? No, of course not. But when we can see the big picture and understand how we fit into that big picture of helping to build God's kingdom, now we have the right perspective. Now we have the big picture. Now we're not just laying bricks here in this church. Now we need bricks to be laid and we need bricklayers to lay these bricks. But we're not just laying bricks. We are building the kingdom of God all for His glory. Amen? Amen. All of us are in the body of Christ for a purpose. Do you know what your purpose is? I want to encourage you to pray and seek the Lord on what is your purpose. We are building God's kingdom together. And it takes all of us and all of our gifts that God has given us to do this. That is how God designed his church. We all have a role to fill in the body of Christ. We all have a part to play in serving because who we're really serving in all this work is Jesus. That's who we're serving. Whatever we did for the least of these, my brethren, you've done for me, what Jesus said. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for the least of the brothers of mine, you did for me. And so as we move forward, will you commit to pray and seek the Lord on how you fit into this work here at the remnant and where he'd have you to serve? Now, there is so much work to be done, but let me tell you, the work is worth it. It is so worth it. There is no greater purpose than being a disciple of Jesus who makes disciples for Jesus. And to do this successfully, and to do this faithfully as a church, it's going to take all of you. We need you. Jesus said this to his disciples. He said, The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into this field. I'm praying fervently for more workers in the fields of this church. Will you join me in praying? And will you be one of those workers? Let's pray. Father, we celebrate today what you have done. And oh, how mighty and magnificent it is. You are such a wonderful God. You always provide everything we need on time in your will, Lord. And I just thank you that we can celebrate that together and how you have united all of our hearts. You've brought us all together. Thank you for this family. Thank you for this fellowship, Lord. I just pray, Father, that this continue to be your church, that we would follow your direction and that we would glorify you in all that we do. We love you. We praise you. Thank you, Jesus, in your mighty and holy name. Amen. So I want to encourage all of you to please hang around. We've got food here. We've got desserts here. Let's hang out. Let's break bread together. Let's fellowship together. And let's praise the Lord for what he has done. God bless you guys. Oh, oh, you know what? My, uh, my wife actually has something to say. I forgot all about that. Sorry about that. So take a, take a seat for just a minute.
1: He's so used to ending, and then everybody gets up. We're going to do something really quickly, if you don't mind. Um, we want to do a couple of thank yous. And over the next couple of weeks, we have a lot of people we want to thank. Is Bob and Stephanie here? Yeah, it even says call wife up. <laughs> uh, is Bob and Stephanie here? Hun, you want to go get them and Can somebody get
0: them for me? Please. Yeah, Henry. Thank you, Henry. We
1: need Bob, Stephanie, and Jenna. Um, all right. No, someone's running down there. Um, I would like to have Steve and Carrie come up, please. Steve and Carrie, come.
0: <laughs> Carrie, would <laughs> like Don't for you to give anymore. a very so very obnoxious. long speech because we know how yeah, much. Yeah, Carrie loves to speak love in front of people.
1: She loves it. It's her favorite. I sense sarcasm. All right, and so we've got a couple other people coming. So over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be doing lots of thank yous, but we want to thank these two. I'm going to try not to cry because I love them immensely. Yeah. But I want you guys to know that Stephen Curry started the youth group, and they led a group and got a massive group going. We were at the other place, and they continued it around the fire. If you saw some of the pictures, I'm sorry. <laughs> And they selflessly served. I mean, every week they would come in and love on these kids. And the one thing that I know that the kids said um, is that they actually felt loved. They didn't feel like they were just coming to get preached at. They actually felt loved. And so we just wanted to thank them because they, they did a huge ministry. And for us, there's no higher calling than the kids. Because look who Satan's after right so I just want to thank them for their service that they've loved on these kids and uh, (laughs) what that's even worse so if you will just give them a clap listen so many things that go on here are thankless jobs right but we just want to say thank you from the bottom of our heart for loving kids just thank you so thank you all right Bob and Stephanie come on up That was a better clap given. Thank you. you. Oh, and she's got a baby with her because always they've been such. So when we first started, when we first started, we were in a desperate need for someone to love on our babies. And Stephanie is like, this is not my gift, but I love kids. And I love that she said that because she's like, this isn't where I feel like I need to serve, but I feel like I need to serve. And they have faithfully been down there for a year. They have missed almost all of our services. Um, And we are working very hard right now to make teams. What we're trying to do is get at least three months' worth of teams so that two people are down there each week so that Bob and Stephanie can come back to service some because they've they've been gone. And I just want to thank them because, listen... You are never more like Jesus when you have your hands all up in a poopy diaper. (laughs) Last week, it was my daughter's. It was my daughter. And And then she walks off with her diaper, and her diaper falls to the floor. Something may have fallen out. And Stephanie was like, oh, and it was no problem. But also, we walk in, and... Charlie, our daughter, bypasses everybody else and runs to Bob. Bob, So I just want to say thank you. And if this is a ministry, you would feel like once every three months, hopefully if we get enough teams, if you could go down and love on our babies. It could be a a husband and a wife team. It can be uh, two friends getting together. Or if you just want us to pair you up with someone, please help in this department. But will you guys please give a big hand for Bob and Stephanie? Thank you. Thank you okay i need to pull jenna up jenna don't sigh see most of these people serve just because they serve so i wish i could photocopy carbon copy what do you call it xerox Sounded good. i wish i could take jenna and just repeat 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 like she's awesome And she's a workhorse. My mom said uh, a couple weeks ago, oh, I wonder if Jenna would be interested to work at one of the ministries in our church. And I'm like, no. (laughs) no. You cannot have her. But she is awesome. So if you see things go on with uh, food ministry or every single Wednesday, she is here and she's building a team, um, which I wanted to also, Carla, will you stand up? Carrie, will you stand up? Who else? Tell me who else. Uh, is, is Sarah Evitts here? No. Um, Lachlan, stand up. Henry. Henry's not back yet. Oh, he is. There are so many people that will come and help her, and every week she makes a meal for these kids. They come hungry. They come hungry. Like, it's crazy. Um, so, I just want to thank her. She also is in charge of our food ministry, which was one of the desires of her heart when she came here. She wanted to fill freezers with food for people if they were having a baby or if they were sick or if they'd had a surgery. So, can you guys please give her a round of applause? She's awesome. All right. All right, I want to pull Janet up. couple more. Can you guys make it before you eat? A couple more. I just love Janet's gracefulness. I don't know. I mean, am I the only one? No, I can't be. She is marvelous. And every week she has served so faithfully to come up here and uh, do announcements. But more than that, she's one of the first ones who really stood up and said, I will help with discipleship classes. And she took that on on top of other things. And now her husband and her doing the True North ministry is just awesome. That is so needful because, again, those 18 to 25-year-olds, they need to feel like they belong to a church because if we don't make the younger generations feel like they're part of the church, they will not be part of the church. And that's exactly what Satan wants. So I just want to thank her. I love her humility. She comes and serves. She she told me yesterday on the phone, just call me. I'll do anything you want. So I just want to say thank you, and we love you dearly. Amy. She wanted Aaron, please stand up. Erin has been part, and I should have said that because she said yesterday how awesome Erin has been coming and helping with the young adult group, and they did archery this last time, and that's such an awesome thing. She was saying they always try to do some sort of an object lesson so that when they're teaching about something, um, that it really relates to the lesson. So thank you, Erin. That's awesome. Amy, will you please come up? So oh man, I'm going to cry again. So I started the Bible study. What a flake, right? Hey, I'm going to do a discipleship group. Anyone want to join me? Oh, I'm sorry. I have to leave and go get a girl. Um, and Amy stepped in. And it was such a blessing because not for one moment did I have to be concerned. Like, hey, was that was not going to be taken care of? The ladies just Constantly sent me messages. Oh, I just love her. She's so awesome. She serves humbly, and now Amy is taking over this huge awesome ministry of having the simulcast, which will bring ladies from all over our area, so I just want to say thank you to her. Okay. Mike, Gale. Mike, Gail. He's so big. Everyone just make room. <laughs> All right, so some of you may not know this because he's not someone that comes in and toots his horn, but this whole entire building is wired. Like, you guys, don't, kids, don't do anything because he's got every single inch. I had a mother call this last week, and she was just concerned. She's like, you know, if I come and I bring my daughter, how will this go, you know? And I said, so we have a security guy that has made sure that every single bit of this property is covered. And so I just want to say thank you because he came and did that. Well, he did have some help from his sons, but he's wired this whole building. So I just want to say thank you so much. That was a lot of his time that he spent hours and hours and hours here. So thank you very much. Okay, I'm almost done. Almost done. Henry, his son, has to come up. Henry, come on. I decided I was going to honor one youth today, and I kept thinking, who is someone that is constantly serving or asking? And if you saw those pictures with his bow tie, so cute. Come here. Henry is constantly asking, how can I serve? He wanted to be... He wanted to be a greeter. He wanted to help with tithe. This is what we want for all of our young people because we want you to know that there is a place here for you. I know Ian was giving the message to everyone. It applies to the youth. It applies to the team. We want more of you guys up here doing worship stuff and helping greet and cleaning. There's all sorts of jobs you can do. If you're old enough, you can help in the nursery as a junior assistant. So there's so many things. But I just want to thank Henry because he's always willing. He's always got a smile, and he always wants to help. So thank you, thank you, buddy. Yeah, it's w- awesome.
0: Hey, I wanted to say one thing, too, about Henry. You remember, Henry, when you first came to me before, I, my, maybe when we first got the building, we may have been talking about getting a building, one of the first things you asked me is, could I usher? You remember that? Yeah, I he I do. was so excited to be able to do that here, and mm-hmm. so just, I am so grateful for him and for your service. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Henry.
1: <laughs> okay, we're going to bring Mark, Sailors, and Norm up. And I lied. I have three. Mark, Sailors, and Norm. Norm. I'm going to let you do it since they did the Bible. I got it. I got it. Oh, you got it. He's got it. (laughs) Duh.
0: Hey. I just want to say a special thank you to both these gentlemen because they were instrumental in the men's discipleship. And, uh, you know, it was a very similar situation that my wife just talked about with Amy when You know, life was happening, and we had our daughter coming on the scene. I couldn't be there like I needed to be there. And these two gentlemen both stepped up. And so I'm so thankful to both of you for being willing to sacrifice your time and then pour yourselves into the discipleship of other men. So praise the Lord. Thank you both very much. Thank you, Yeah. All
1: right, we have a lot of other people to thank, but last one I would like to call Janice up, please. Now, this is pretty awesome, and this is a huge answer to prayer, because unbeknownst to Janice, we had started praying desperately for God to bring someone that was seasoned, that would lead a Bible study, that would lead not just this cute little rainbows and lollipops, sunshiny garbage Bible study. We wanted a deep Bible study, and um, we were praying and praying, asking, God, please bring someone and um so through different circumstances god has brought janice and i just got off the phone with several people just talking about what an anointed and gifted leader she is and it's not to toot her horn it's all to toot jesus's horn and she is constantly pouring into and loving on people and so i just want to say thank you so much we're so grateful we are literally so grateful thank you yeah I,
0: i wanted to say one thing on that too um I have been here. I've been in the behind the behind the door here, obviously, while the ladies are meeting. But when I hear Janice up here, just leading and facilitating, she is naturally gifted. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm in the I'm in the room going, preach it, girl. Amen. <laughs> It's just awesome. Thank you. He
1: is. He tells me when he comes home. All right. So, we have a couple, uh, just a few little things to help hopefully make everything run smoothly um, today. We have these two rooms. Actually, can you open those, yeah. Baba? So, we have both of these rooms here filled with tables and chairs. So we can fit almost 40 in here and i think 30 in here we have the tables and chairs in the back and then in this room uh, we have another like 16 chairs so what we're going to do is take a few minutes to get the last things prepped up and then we're going to ask that you will go in when you go in to start getting food in this left door there's one table that has plates and napkins and all that thing those things and we'll have one person on the left and one person on the right and the same when you turn the corner and go through the salads and the soups. That way we can hopefully move our lines through quicker. Um, And then at the end, kids, we will do the cake and all the desserts, okay? Um, So I will have Ian. He's going to pray over our meal and everything. I hope you will stay and just celebrate and visit with us. And you can eat anywhere except for kids. You cannot eat on the couches. Adults can. You're welcome.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Father, we just give you praise and glory today, Lord. We celebrate what you have done. I pray that you'd bless this food, that you'd bless this time together, Lord, as we fellowship and remember you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Amen, brother, amen.